Good morning, everybody. Good to be back. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lamed Dalid. I hope, right? In Maseches Beitzah. Back from Yontiv. And so, let's start Lamed Gimel Lamed Bez by the two dots on the bottom there that are three lines up from the bottom where it says, Well, just came back from Eretz Yisrael and Agag Re'afim is a phrase that they use for the kind of roof we had in Ramat Beit Shemesh. It's roof tiles. What does roof tiles have to do with anything? So we're talking about, you know that you're allowed to um, do malacha. Well, I should say it differently. For ochel nefesh, you're allowed to cook. You, this, this came up while, while, uh, while we were away on Masechus Beitzah? Yes. Okay. Now, gagrafim is an interesting way of, of uh, roasting something. What you're going to do is you're going to put the rafim, which are the tiles, right? Like, let's say the roof tiles or the tiles, whatever kind of tiles, these ceramic tiles, let's say, you're going to heat them up like super hot and then you're going to roast on that. Okay. So you see that in some fancy restaurants where the dish comes on top of the sizzling tile. The problem is, right, if you heat the tiles, right, um, this is the last clause in the Mishnah, on, on uh Right, Lamed Gimel, Lamed Aleph, and Malabnes Arafim Litzlos Behem. So heating the tiles to roast on them. Why can't you do it? So the Gemara is going to explain right now why you can't do it. We're going to be learning throughout today's daf, Lamed Dalid, um, different elements, right? In a very standard case where you're just basically cooking on Yantiv, that's okay. Um, another thing that you could do on Yantiv for Ochel Nefesh would be Shechita, right? So Shechita and cooking, which normally you can't, you, you wouldn't do, let's say, on Shabbos. On Yantiv, you could do it for Ochel Nefesh. However, there are certain scenarios of shechita and cooking where there's like these ancillary consequences that make that scenario in particular inadvisable or usser on yontiv because of side reasons, right? So even though cooking is, is essentially going to be mutter lochal nefesh, you're going to have these other side reasons. So this is a perfect example. So we, we caught the last uh, example in the Mishnah here, so let's go through it. Says the Gemara. My ka'avid, right? What is the reason? What is the iser, right? What's the avoda in doing, in heating these tiles for the purpose of roasting on them? So, Amar Rabba Barachan, Amar Yochanan, Hachaberafim Chadashim Askinan, right? That the case is the new tiles. So, wherever you have new tiles, these new ceramic tiles, there is a step missing in their production. And that step is like, if it was metal, it would be called the annealing, right? It's the completion of the production of the tile. Right, the glaze or whatever it's called, when you fire it up, it's metaken mana. That final step is a separate iser. That's the problem. Separate iser. That's true for Shabbos or Yantiv. So says the Gemara as we turn to Lamed Dalar Vadalf, Mipnei Shetzarech Levadkan, Ve'amrilei Mipnei Shetzarech Lechasman. So the Gemara, as we arrive at Lamed Dalar Vadalf, offers not one, but two separate ideas as to why this would be iser. The first is Shetzarech Levadkan is like bedika to check them. Checking what? As Rashi explains, they could crack, meaning you don't know how these tiles are going to perform. So we're actually learning some real fundamentals, right? Even though it's like not a lot of lines here, we're, we're going to have a bunch of different cases on Daf Lama Dalid, and each one really probably could be discussed at great length. So when we say Hadron uh, at this time next week, right? Um, that's what we mean. We're going to go back to this. Bezrat Hashem, may we be zochet to understand all of these details, uh, in all its, uh, breadth, okay, and depth. Okay, so, 
what's this? So Levadkan, again, it's a side issue, but it's, it's really an interesting lumdus, if you want to say, because what Rashi explains, he has the phrase here, Shetorech, the Torech Shalola Torech, right? In other words, when you're using this tile and you're firing it up and it has not yet been fire tested, so to speak, it might crack. Were that tile to be cracked, it would be unusable. And so you're learning something actually very interesting that it's true, Ochel Nefesh, is, cooking is, is mutter for Ochel Nefesh, but you need to use a reliable utensil. Because if you get the, the cooking process started, you light the fire and all that, and your utensil falls apart, and it turns out that you can't cook with it, then you'd be in violation. That's actually interesting, right? One could say, one might, might have argued, well, maybe it's, there's no problem with doing that because, you know, you had good intentions, right? But the Gemara is specifically saying, the Mishnah is specifically teaching you, yeah, you got to be careful. You use something reliable. Don't use an unreliable, never-before-used tile when you're doing such cooking. So that is the first point. The second point, Vamri law, other same thing, Shetzarech Lechasman. Chasman, that's the second point I was making. The chasman, that's the hardening phase, like the glazing phase. And that, where Rashi says over there, uh, again, the end of the second Rashi, the last uh, wide line over there, came under Behesek Zed, Nasek Kli, right? Aser. It's Aser because you're creating a Kli. So we already know that any one of these cooking, right? And, but it's important also. In other words, the, the cooking is mutter, but you're having this incidental malacha. Uh, the incidental malacha of nasekli of tikkun mana that's not mutter and therefore if it's in the context of nasekli it should be aser okay so now the gemara is going to try to use our mishnah to resolve an issue in chulin so two lines down we're going to bring a gemara from from elu trefos as follows non hasam we learn the mishnah in elu trefos and chulin nunvav drasa oshetarfa bakotel uh oh we have a bird here an animal. That is, uh, we put it in the washing machine. You know what I'm saying? This animal is really, is really going through the ringer. Um, and so I'll just say it quickly outside first. Everybody would agree, this is a fascinating question. Everybody, this is going back not to Bishel, but to Shechita on Yantiv. So everybody would agree that if you have a healthy animal, well, I'll say it differently. Everybody would agree that if you don't have a healthy animal, if you have an obviously, right, diseased, trafe animal, you're not going to be allowed to shech that animal because you already know it's not going to be kosher and shechita is only allowed for lo'ochel nefesh. Everybody would agree with that. Okay. Uh, conversely, if you have what appears to be a kosher animal, everybody would agree that you are allowed to shech it. But Barry might ask, how, how, how are you allowing me to shech this animal? It's possible that it's going to be, turn out to be a trefa. Isn't that, right, a risk? Wouldn't that be like using a... Right, a tile that might crack? Oh, that's the, that's the essential question here. Now, in order to address that question, we have a hybr- an in-between case. Because a fully healthy animal, perhaps there, there's a rove. And you would think that, that there, there's no reason, or at least you can rely on that rove to assume that nothing bad is going to happen. You're not going to find the trefa. But there's a very unique case that's brought out in this Mishnah and Chulin, which is an animal that's been through the washing machine. Those animals tend to fall apart and have issues, internal issues. Now, it is true that the halacha is that if they survive for 24 hours, and when you shecht it, turns out that they don't have any signs of trefus, that you are allowed to eat that animal. But once it's been through the ringer, you have no guarantees. In fact, it's more likely that it will have internal issues. And so it is that animal that we're going to use to compare to the tile because it is more likely than a healthy animal. Right? The healthy animal is not 
really similar to a tile because an unchecked tile is likely to crack. Whereas a healthy animal is not likely to be trafe. But an animal that's been through the washing machine, that animal is more likely to be trafe, just like uh, un, right, an unused tile is likely to be cracked. So let's read this inside now. This animal's been through the ringer, right? Drasa, somebody stepped on it, or Shatar for Bakotel, you knocked it against the wall. Shiritsasa Behema, animal crushed it, and right, if they had washing machines, then it would say, or you put it in the washing machine, or in the microwave, you know, in the washing machine. Umefarcheses. It's still fluttering around, but it's clearly, you, it's got its bell rung, right? So it's looking a little bit woozy, um, spaghetti legs, but it, it's, it's hanging in there. Bishasam ace lace, but sure enough, it survived 24 hours from the incident, uh, of, uh, from the washing machine incident. Ushchata. Now you're going to shechtet, kshera. So basically, the halacha is again. It, it, it definitely got its bell rung, and it's not, you know, the same as it used to be, right? Um, but it's still kosher because it doesn't have obvious simonim of trefus, and so it's fine. The Gemara, however, qualifies that uh, kula by saying, In other words, you, can't, you still have to do a little bit of inspe- inspection after shechita to make sure that there are no internal injuries. In other words, you have to do a little more checking than usual over here once you've known that the animal's being through the ringer. Okay, so now let's see if that is relevant to us. Bami neighbor, Bimir wanted to ask with respect to that, it's a fascinating question, right? So up until now, we're just talking about issues of chulin. Can this animal be eaten on a Tuesday when you, right, in the regular slaughterhouse? But what about if it's yantiv? So in yantiv, you're allowed to shecht, but you're allowed to shecht l'achal nefesh. This is not like a regular animal because it's more likely to be treif. So what would be the din in such an animal? Would you be allowed to shecht it? Remember, you're not going to know for sure whether this money matrefus are there until after you've already shechted it. By then it's too late, says the Gemara. He's going to explain. He's fleshing out, pun intended, this question. Right? Do you assume, machzikinan reusa, right? Do you, um, uh, do you have a concern that there's going to be a reusa? as they say in the yeshivas, right? That there's going to be a problem with this animal in light of the fact that it had been uh, mangled or not. So Amalei, so Rebzeir answers Tanina. He uses our Mishnah. Isn't that fascinating? The relevance of the tile to this chulin issue. He says the following, As we said, right? You don't want to use these tiles in order to uh, roast because the tiles might fail. And when you have a chashash that they might fail, then, then you cannot, right, uh, use it, that should be the same as this animal where you have a nice big shashash that there may be some internal issues. So we asked about this, my kaavid, right, we're explaining our mission now, we asked with regards to the tile, what's the issue? And we already said, right, one of the Peshatim was, and now we have a Mandama, Rabbi Brachan, and the name of Yochanan over here, that we're talking about, that the, case, the problem is that you have to check them, which is to say, because of the fact that the tiles are not checked and we don't know how they perform, we're not letting you use those tiles to cook Anyantav. So similarly, right, the comparison between cooking Anyantav and Shechita Anyantav is both Ochal Nefesh, so just like you can't cook with an unchecked tile, you should not be allowed to shecht, Right, a clearly problematic but and and not checked animal. Even though it's true that if the tile performed well and you knew that it would, or if the animal you knew was not going to be trafe, that it would be mutter to do so because of a strong shash that it's going to be a failure. We are going to tell you not to do so lechatchila. So those two cases, in fact, seem quite 
parallel. However, Birmir rejects the proof from the tiles as follows. Amalei, however, Birmir told Ravzeira, We learned the other fact, right? We learned the second thing, that the reason why you can't do the gagrafim is be, use the tiles for cooking is because of the second reason. Remember, there were two reasons. We learned that it was because of the matikun mana issue. Well, the tikkun mana issue is not relevant to the bird, right? The tikkun mana issue doesn't say, oh, that it's because of chashash that the tile will fail, that we're not letting you, right, heat it up and use it for bishul. It's because, it simply says that it's because of a different malacha that you're performing. That's not relevant to the issue of the bird, and therefore you cannot use the case of the tile, according to that explanation, right, as a parallel to the case of the bird, and therefore, according to that, we wouldn't be able to resolve that answer as to whether you'd be allowed to shecht such a bird on yantiv. So the take-home lesson, Andrew, don't put your bird in the washing machine before you shecht it on yantiv. Good. Two dots, 13 lines down. Okay. Uh, related to heating tiles on yantiv. Tanya, we have a brysa. Echa mevi or echa mevi eitzim. I think this is a famous brysa over here. We have multiple individuals collaborating, unfortunately, to, to do a, this is a Shabbos, this is not on Yantiv, but we're going to relate it to Yantiv, multiple individuals collaborating to, to do the Isser of Bishel, uh, essentially, on uh, Shabbos, which is going to involve two primary Isserim. One is going to be lighting the fire, which is Avara, and the other one's going to be the actual Bishel. So, Echad Mevisar, one guy is bringing the fire, bringing the heat, as it were, Andrew, as he does every day. Echad Mevisar, except for Shabbos. Bechad maybe it's the him, and he bring another one brings the firewood. Okay, echad shofes es hakadeir. One places an empty pot on top of the, you know, puts it in position. Bechad maybe it's hamayim. Another one brings the water, puts it in the pot. Echad nosen besocho tavlin. In other words, adds the spices. Bechad megis and one stirs the pot. Kulan chayavim. Now, if we were learning this very carefully, we'd have to go through each case, as Rashi explains and explain why this would be a chiv for everyone. I can understand lighting the fire, for sure, bringing the heat. Uh, perhaps putting, uh, maybe at the etzim would mean adding wood to the fire, so that's also havara, right? Because obviously it's going to ignite when you put it in. Why the empty pot we're going to discuss, because there's no bishop obviously involved with there, but then obviously filling it with water and putting in the spices and uh, stirring are all bishop issues, right? So you have havara, you have bishop. All of these people are doing malacha, and therefore they're all going to be individually chayv. What's the Chiddush? Of course they're all individually chayv. Well, you might have thought that it has to be like, you know, since they're, right, you may have said, well, let's divide up this one big act of, of, of making soup and say that they're all sort of like doing individual components and maybe they wouldn't each be chayv uh, and require one person to do all of them. The answer is no, each one is doing a distinct malacha and therefore they are certainly all chayv. Okay. But the Gemara asks there, v'hatanya, achron chayv v'kulim p'turim. At the time, uh, that we mentioned this brysa, the Gemara wanted to know how could that be true because we have a brysa that seems to contradict which implies that all of the individuals are in fact going to be potter except for the last individual, right, who is, uh, who is what? The one that's stirring the pot? That doesn't sound right. So the Gemara is going to sort it out as follows. Says the Gemara, Lokasha, Haida Aisi Urmi Kara, Haida Aisi Urlevasov. Well, yeah, the two brysas are talking about two different cases. The brysa that we just quoted, right, um, in detail was when the first guy brought the fire. Well, once the first guy brings the fire, every subsequent individual, whether you're throwing wood into the fire, so that's havar. You're putting stuff on the stove, so that's bishul, right? The brysa where it says that only the last person is chayev, 
Ah, so now you have a contrast. Now you, now you maybe know why we have the Chiddush of this case, which is to say, if the last person is the person bringing the fire, so then, ah, now, now it makes sense. Because now what you're saying is that each person, even though they set up the scenario where there's going to be Havar and there's going to be Bishal, they didn't do anything, right? It's only the person who lit the flame at the end that really is going to now hop all of the uh, Avera because he's the one that's making all of the otherwise mutter activities of everyone else into the Isser of Bishal. So it is two separate prices and it all depends on whether the fire was brought in the beginning or the end. If it's brought in the beginning, everyone's Chayev. And if it's brought at the end, so then the person who brings the fire is the only one that is chayev. So now the Gemara says, Bishle Mekula. I can understand in all of these cases, details where we said, let's say somebody brought the fire first, right? So in the case where somebody brought the fire first, every subsequent individual is going to be chayev, right? Because Ka'av Dimaisa says the Gemara, right? Because they all did either uh, Havara or Bishel, except for one of them. Who is the guy? Elashof Isasakadeira. The guy who put an empty pot on top of the flame, he isn't cooking and he isn't lighting a flame. So what Avera is he doing? Says the Gemara, Micah Ovid. What is his Avoda? Says the Gemara, That's how it's related to us. This is just another example of where that heat at the end is like a, is, is, is like a metake in mana, right? It's a malacha because it's the final stage of, of um, processing of that new pot. We're talking about a new pot. And the reason, right, that they said that it was Aser, right, is because of Libun, what we call Libun Rafim, which is true of tiles and true of Kaderas as well, which is that final stage of its preparation, which is Metakin Mana, which is a Malacha. Very good. So you see how it's related. So now we're two dots, 18 lines up from the bottom. Okay. And we have another related price. So Tanar Bonner. Tanar Vachiraim Chadashim. Okay, so you got your new oven, or maybe you got a double stove. Now, wait a minute. You can use those new, even though you're, they're going to be, you're going to be, can you use it? So you might recall, we already had, right, I think it was Masechus Shabbos, Parakira, right? We did have a lot of sugyas where we were talking about um, some stoves you can and some stoves you cannot use, right, when it comes to... Um, when it comes to the last stage, right, the finishing stages taking place when you use a stove for the first time. Um, but here it's saying a different things. That even though you can't heat up, he uh, use them to heat stuff up because they're new, but there's some things that you can still use them for. As follows, says the Brisa. You can still treat it like as a bread basket. Like in other words, it's not that it's muktza. That's what it means. It's not like it's muktzah legamre. You know, you want to you want to put your uh, your bread somewhere, and you figure, well, it'll be fresher if it's not out in the open. So stick it in the new oven. I mean, not light the new oven. Just stick it in the new oven. That's okay. But there are certain activities that are done with such with the, with these said kalim, right? That constitute like a finishing touch. Of the Kli, and that's always going to be Yasser, as we've been discussing. So it's not just the final heating, but it's other things too. For example, Sachan or some Shemen, you smear them with oil, Bein Tashan or some Bimatlit, right? Um, rubbing them with a cloth, like buffing and all that stuff. This is all stuff that's part of the processing of these Kalim, and that, therefore, you're not allowed to do those things. And, Vein Mefiginosan Beton Kedelechasman. You can't cool them with cold water in order to harden them, right? That in dental school was called quenching. 
right? It's with regards to metals, where you have it like white hot, and then you quench it, and it anneals and hardens. Okay, so you're talking about the um, taking something super hot, making it super cold. That you can't do either, right? So again, these are not bishul issues, but again, it's makabepatish, so to speak. It's metakin money issues. Those are all aser. However, what does it mean? If this, it, it means like this. If the reason why you are cooling down this oven is so that you can bake, what does that mean? It means as follows. You're not cooling it down to quench the oven as a final uh, stage of preparation of the oven. You're doing it because the oven right now is so hot that if you were to put the challah in to bake it on yontiv, let's say, you would ruin it right away. You would, you would burn the challah immediately. It's just too hot. So therefore, what we're saying is, cool it off, and then you could use it to bake challah because that's mutter on yantiv. Well, the ran is, this, this brings up a real difficulty. Because what are you going to say? That even though it can have actual aspects of metak and mana, it's still going to be mutter if you have a different kavana? Not really. That, 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 that's really, that's really hard. So the ran has to reinterpret According to, to the art scroll, yes, to reinterpret what we said before, that maybe it's true that if you were roasting the tiles at the same time before, the rafim, if you're roasting it precisely at the same time that you're baking with it, that would be mutter. Okay? Uh, but if you were doing it and roasting it now and you're going to bake with it later, maybe it wouldn't. It, it presents a legitimate enough difficulty that the Ran has to like reinterpret certain things in the Gemara. So, um, you know, we're not going to get on t- into all the right shitos now, but be that as it may, there is an aspect here um, uh, in terms of the Pashup shot. The, the, the point is that if you're doing it from Atak and Mana, it's Asr, but if you're doing it, it's Mutter. How you work out the details of why this case would be different from the Rafim, you have the Ran uh, or other suggestions but the main principles that we're learning now is that if it's for ochal nefesh and um, all things being equal, it would be mutter. But if it literally was for metak and mana, that is a separate malacha that is aser on Shabbos and on Yantiv. Okay. Now, still within the new oven on Yantiv. So again, you're allowed to bake on Yantiv. I would recommend um, use, use the oven before Yantiv, right? You're getting into a lot of problems if you don't. But let's see. We learned the Bryson. Mulgin is a Roshvetz or a Glime. This is a different thing. You have the animal. So I once had the traumatic, uh, I was once at the Feldman's and I had the traumatic experience of looking into the kitchen sink and seeing a, a hairy cow leg. Have you ever seen somebody make pacha? It was trauma. I, I can never bring myself to eat pacha. In the olden days, this was common practice. You saw the animals that you were eating. I'm not, I wasn't used to that. And the hair on the leg somehow really brought it to, to light. So really in part of the preparation of the animal, I mean, if you're walking through it, right? So we're talking about shechita and bishul on yuntiv, but there's a lot in between, Andrew. <laughs> you shecht it, you flay it, obviously, right? You shave it, you have to prepare it, right? And then you cook it, and then you eat it. So a lot that goes on. So the question is, even those interim stages, they have to be done properly on yuntiv, right? You're not going to bring like a, like your brawn electric shaver and shave the cow, right? Because it's ochal nefesh, right? Everything has to be done in a specific way. So that's what we're talking about now here. So talking about mulgin is a roshas or a glime. So one way of hair removal there is scalding the head and the legs. That you could do. Or you could singe it with fire because I guess that's, you know, part of that fire ochal nefesh, right, uh, dynamic there. 
Aval ain't tofli nosam becharsis. Okay, you can't cover them with charsis. What's rash? What's charsis? Is that is that crane? Uh, You're using crane to remove the uh, what is it? Lime. lime. Thank you. <laughs> you don't use the lime, right? It, it, it's right. Uh, obviously, it's a me- it's it's a method of hair removal. Below be adama, below be sid. I thought sid was oh uh, earth or plaster, right? These are all hair removal, uh, right? Um, Methods. You can't shear them with scissors, right? Obviously, right? In other words, you have to do it, but it's got done properly. So the best way to do it is with scalding uh, water or with fire, but not with these other, right, lime or other electrolysis, right, uh, type of, um, or scissors, obviously, other type of methods. And similarly, you, sh- you shouldn't trim vegetables with special scissors, that they're used, avametaknin es akundos vetakbayos, but you can prepare kudos and akbayos, masikin veofen vefornate, and you can kindle, right, and bake in a large furnace, we're gonna get into that. Um, those things you can do, right, why? Because otherwise they cannot be eaten. In other words, for the sake of ochal nefesh, you can't just do trimming vegetables with special scissors, as Rashi explains, because it's like a maris ayin, right? It's the man chazi sover shalaktan hayom, says Rashi, because you're using like those special shears that you use when you're actually working in the fields. There's like a maris ayin issue. So that you can't use your special vegetable cutters on Yontif. Interesting, right? So again, as we discussed in the intro, right, we're talking about, you, of course, you could do malacha for ochal nefesh, of Havara and preparation and shechting. But even that has aspects to it where you gotta be careful how you do it. So one thing is you can't use the, the special the special uh, thing. But what this metakin kundus v'akbayos? Can we prepare the kundus v'akbayos? Rashi, what's, what are these kundus v'akbayos? Who's ever even heard? Uh, Art Scroll translates kundus and akbayos as kundus and akbayos, right? So we don't know what it is. Says, Rashi, the, the Kiddush here is that you have to do some preparation in order for them to be edible. Okay. Have you ever heard of Kundus and Nechbayos before, Andrew? Sounds very foreign to you, right? Stealth Dafyomi coincidence. You did hear of it, Andrew. <laughs> yes. Parshus Bracious says, Perik Gimel, Pasuk Yerches. This is because Adam, Adam Hashem says, you, because you listen to your wife, this is where you learn you're not supposed to listen to your wife. The, uh, the land gets cursed. It's going to be tough for you. Because of that, you're going to get kotz v'dardar. You're going to get these weeds. Rashi, kotz v'dardar. Kundus v'achbayos. How do you like that? Kundus v'achbayos. As it says in Beitza Lamedalin. That's the point, that it's the curse. Because of Parshas Bracious and the curse, now you have to go through this preparation in order to actually make it edible on Yontif. That is, in fact, a lab because it's Ochal Nefesh. Ah, I didn't make that up. I got that from everybody gross. You think I would have noticed that, Barry? I'm flattered that you think I would have noticed that. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sorry that's two days off, guys. That feel me coincidence. We got to get back on track. Okay. Right, so you can bake, uh, you can kindle and bake in a large oven. Right, you can heat the water in something called an antichi. Right, uh, again, 
it's it's the it's the hot it's the hot urn. It's the pot. What what's the chiddushim here? You're not going to use all of it, right? You put up the the water on on yantiv and you heat it up for the tea and for all the other things you're going to use. Ah, you're not going to use all of it. Yeah, that's okay. That's like a marbishir and thing, right? You're allowed to do it. So again, we're learning very important parameters of what you are, right? When, when you take this down, Allah could be a big avoid indeed. You know what you are and not allowed to do. Uh, however, again, the large furnace, which is new, you can't do shematifchas because it might crack. And so again, chidushim here, extra effort, right, is okay, right? Because sometimes you have the larger oven or whatever, uh, or, or you have to, right, do extra work on your coats vidardar in order to make it edible. But that's okay, as long as it's not levatala, right? That's the point. Now, fine. That is, right, so those are more parameters. Now, two dots, 14 lines up. Tanur fire a fan with, with a special, right, as Rashi uh, explains, a maisa uman. So this is also, it's aspects of maisa uman. If, you, if you're going to do something that only like a baker would do, that's already, again, it's residential, Immediate ochel nefesh that you're allowed to do, but you know, or, or for a large crowd, as it were, right? But you're not allowed to use the special utensils because that's already ma'isa uman. right? But the handheld home version is allowed. You can't repair a spit. Well, that's obvious. Well, you might not be. So that's we're saying one possible thing is it's either metaken money, and that's why it's aser, or this is or uh, this is brought out by Rashi, or it's machshirim. In other words, right? You're going to make shawarma, and the shawarma goes on a spit. But, so fine, that's okay, you're allowed to cook the shawarma, but are you allowed to sharpen the spit? Well, that may be a problem, because then maybe you're making it, turning like a broomstick that wasn't usable into something usable, right? Uh, that far you can't go. Bein mechadet until, right? You can't sharpen it. And finally, before the Mishnah, Tanar Rabbanon, Eim Mephatzin Esakane, you can't crack a reed, Litzlos Bo Maliach, with which to roast salted fish. And there, the Rashi explains again, that's another aspect of metakin mane, aval mifatsin asai goes mimatlit. But here, all you're trying to do is eat. So this is a separate thing. What are you trying to do, Andrew? I'm trying to make old school peanut butter. This is the really the oldest way to make peanut butter. You're taking your nuts and you put them all in their shells in a sock or whatever, matlit in a cloth, and you're smashing it all around and you're making really chunky, super uh, granular peanut butter that way. What's the issue? The issue is tikara, is that it's, you're going to tear your socks, you're going to tear the cloth. So Rashi explains a mass of your soda in the uh, malacha of Korea. Right? It says, Rashi, five lines up at the bottom. Right, we know that the type of tearing that's usher, that's usher is almanas litfor. It has to be like really deliberate tearing, right? Like toilet paper along the lines or some other thing that's more constructive. So that gets into the massive issue that we already discussed uh, on the last couple of days of destructive tearing and whether that would be mutter, right? As opposed to constructive tearing. So here it just takes it as a given for now, right? That's a massive issue that needs to be discussed at great length where it, when it does and does not apply. But again, you're not worried in the in the in the context of making this super chunky peanut butter that you're going to tear the sock or the stocking that you're making it in, the cloth, because again, that's not some constructive kriya. It's not the kind of tearing that we say is normally usher, and therefore it is permitted to make peanut butter in that fashion. Beautiful. All right, so the Mishnah, two lines up from the bottom of Lamadalamadalaf. Fascinating idea. We're going to bring in multiple variables to muktzah. Again, 
Let, 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 let's read it inside and, 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 we'll, and we'll tease it all out. I think we're not going to get into this. This is something that the Od Amar you have the Rashi and you have the Tosfos here getting into the Lashon of the Od, right? I mean, on its surface, what's so bad? We already said with the previous mission was quoting Rabbi Eliezer. So now there's another thing that Rabbi Eliezer is saying. In fact, it's thematic, right? Uh, things that he's making. Uh, however, the Lashon of the Od in light of the Gemara in Ervin Chav Gimel, uh, would imply that there shouldn't be anything in between, and there are some issues that we're bringing up in between the two statements of Rabbi Yezer, so there's a suggestion that maybe it's out of order. Okay, but let, I think we can move on, knowing that, 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 that the ode can be resolved um, in one way or another. And be that as it may, these are statements of Rabbi Yezer Lakula as follows. Omed Adamala as we turn to Lamadal and Mubez, Erev Shabish Vishvius. All right, so hold cup here. What's going on here? We have, right, he's going on muktzah. So let's take the following case. This is very commonplace in those days. You got to go to Kuch, uh, to Katsrin, check it out. It was like an every week occurrence where you would take the figs, right, and you had the pressed figs treats, right? In order to make it, you're taking delicious figs, putting it on the roof, letting them dry, right, and then pressing them into figs. In the interim, there is all the muktzah, Issues of tchia be'adayim or not tchia be'adayim. There are all the issues, right? In the interim, it's gross and inedible. Oh. So the question is, can, is there a way to make some of these stages muchan or not? So for example, if it's in the gross stage during Bein HaShemashas, there's already these issues that we've discussed. If it's gross Bein HaShemashas and off limits, so then you should not be able to eat it on Shabbos itself because it had not been prepared. Oh. But Rabbi Yezer was mekil. He said, stand in front of these gross, right, middle stage, right, figs, on Erev Shabbos, Bishvius. Now, that's fascinating. What does this have to do with Shvius? Are we saying that only because we're in the Shemitah year and we need to have Dafyomi coincidence? No. It's because Shvius, we're going to say most of these outside, Rashi is saying all these. The Shvius is where you're not Chayev and Trumas and Maestras. Because, right, if you're high of in Trumas and Meisters, you can have an additional issue. That even if you prepare it ahead of time, you need to take off Trumas and Meisters on these things. And you can't take off Midar Abundance, also to take off Trumas and Meisters on Shabbos. And therefore, you're not going to be able to eat it anyway. Oh. So let's assume it's Shvius, says Rabbi Eliezer. Let's assume that you don't have the issue of Trumas and Meisters. That the only issue, we're going to isolate the issue of Muktza now. The only issue would be Muktza. So when you're standing on top of these, right, um, in uh, processing figs, and declaring, Omer, declaring, says in the Mishnah, mm-hmm. I am, these are not going to be muksa for me. I am declaring that these are going to be muchan for me tomorrow. The Chachamim Omerim, Ad Yershom V'Yomar, the Machlokas here is that he has to mark off the, specifically the one he wants to eat, and he says, Mikan Ve'Adkan, I'm only going to eat this section. In other words, there is a separate Machlokas, Rabbi Leazar and Chachamim, with regards to what we already have explained is a Brera issue. Right, that when you are declaring that something is going to be muhan, right, this is very, very similar to when we said you had the, the wild birds, which are not fit for eating, right? We already had these Mishnayas. Um, and you declare ahead of time, these I'm gonna eat these. So there we had a separate issue of like how do you know it's the same birds? But here the figs ain't going nowhere. It's just you're declaring that you're going to wanna to eat them, and it's a standalone, simpler case in a sense, right, where you can. They both agree that you can in fact declare that they're going to be muhan 
and thus take them out of that muktzah status. That's a big chiddush indeed. The only question is, do you have to specify which ones they are or not? Whether you could use Brea or not will be tomorrow's topic. But first, let's just dig in a little bit into what we have here today. It's different aspects of this, uh, of this case as follows. It says the Gemara. Let's first look at the Meiser issue here. It's not Hassam. We have Mishnah, Perak Dalad, Mishnah Beis in Meisers. Tinoko Shetomnu Te'enim Erev Shabbos. Fascinating idea. The kids want to have Shabbos party, do they not, Barry? Shabbos party is always a treat. So what do you do? Again, you don't want to have to bring, again, Re'iyas Pnei Abayis. When are you going to be high of Meiser? When you've brought the produce into the house. So what are they doing? They're hiding figs in the field. They want to eat it as a snack. Because once you're eating it as a snack, you don't have to bring off Trumas and Meiser. So they have their little clubhouse, right, the kids, and they want, they're having their Shabbos party clubhouse, and they're hiding the Te'enim. They're, they're, they're in the fields on Erev Shabbos. And the idea is they want to eat it for Shabbos party. However, V'shachu below Isru, right? It's an interesting formulation. They, they forgot, okay, they forgot, and they didn't take Meiser, okay? Unbelievable. You're not allowed to eat it. Not on Shabbos. The Shabbos party is for sure room. Well, the Shabbos party you can't have. They didn't go and retrieve the figs. Now it's Sunday. Okay? Can you eat the figs? Well, why not? You meant to eat them as a snack for Shabbos party. So why can't you eat them as a snack on Sunday? So... The Mepharshim explain that the reason why is because an unbelievable reason that Shabbos, every meal that you have on Shabbos is considered an achilas keva. Shabbos is so, it's the importance, it's the chashivas of Shabbos turns even Shabbos party into an achilas keva. It's a fascinating question. Let's say you have nuts and candy and you're having Shabbos party. Do you have to have it in the sukkah? Is it considered achilas keva? It's it, right? But the idea is it's Achilles Keva. Once it's Achilles Keva, Andrew, it's Chayv and Meisers. Okay? And fascinatingly, once it was past Shabbos and became an Achilles Keva, the Yitzhiyas of Shabbos does not turn it back into an Achilles Arai. In other words, you're still snacking on it, but because it passed through Shabbos and it was, was converted into Achilles Keva, it hops a Chayv Meiser that doesn't go away. Okay? So that's a fascinating idea. That's it, that's for all the fans of Maestros Perik Dal. Now, it's not Nami, but we have another Mishnah in Maestros Perik Gimel, the first Mishnah. It's follows. <coughs> you spread figs in your courtyard. This time it's a totally different situation. You want them to dry, right? Liktos, the, the classic thing. This is not on Shabbos. You're doing this on a regular weekday. Okay. It's a Maestros issue, right? Remember, this is in Maestros. So, So in that case, they say that everybody could eat Arai Ufturin. And they are potter from Meiser. Okay? So this is where Rashi, right, is explaining. Right? That even though, says Rashi, the Tevel isn't chayiv until it has Rias bias, right? He, the, the point here is that Yesh Machshava, right? That over here, um, no, that, that was with regards to Shabbos. Liktos is, is, to, is to dry them out, Right? Why is they potter, says Rashi? I'm sorry, like in the middle of Rashi's here. It's potter from Meiser. The Ein Chatzar Kovas Briyas Panim. Ela Bedavar Shenigmer Malachto. So that's a separate issue, right? As follows. And Rashi is going to explain, uh, goes on to explain what the Kasha is. So let's just line it up again. 
if it's Shabbos and you're putting it for Achilles or for Shabbos party, the Chashivas of Shabbos, as Rashi explains on top of here, turns it into a of Meiser. It's like the equivalent of Reyes Pnei Abayis. Now you're going to be Chayiv Meiser even after Shabbos. That's the first idea. The second idea is that you're Pater from Meiser, even if you're bringing it to your Chatzar. Why? Because Lo Nigmar Malachto, right? Because of the fact that you didn't yet, right? You didn't yet finish the processing. And again, really two things need to happen for it to be Chayiv Meiser. It has to be both Riyas Pnei Bayis and Gemar Malacha. The Gemar Malacha is when it turns into the dry figs. So until it turns into the dry figs, even though you already had Riyas Pnei Bayis by virtue of entering your Chatzar, you're allowed to eat it aray. So it sounds, according to this, that when Shabbos comes, it ruins the Shabbos party because you have to take off Meiser. It sounds like Shabbos is more potent than Gemar Malacha. Because, right, in other words, the fact that you didn't have Gemar Malacha means you could still eat it be'arai. But the fact that it's Shabbos means that it turns it into Meiser. So the Rashi then says, When's the rubber going to hit the road, Barry? What if you brought it in, you didn't have Gemar Malacha yet, but it's Shabbos. So which is going to win out? The fact that you didn't have Gemar Malacha yet, and therefore you don't have to take off Meiser and you can snack on it? Or the fact that it's Shabbos, and therefore it's chashuv, and therefore even though you did not yet have gemar malacha, it, you're still not going to be able to eat it until you bring out meiser. It's that nexus of those two mishnayos that we're going to be discussing now. So it says, so that's the shaila that Rava asked. Rava is a genius here. Ba'amine Rava Merv Nachman as follows: Shabbos mo shetikba muktzah lemeiser bedavar shalom nigmar malachto. It's exactly what we just said. What would you say if it's a davar shalom nigmar malachto? So you have the figs and you're planning on turning them into right pressed dry figs, but it's Shabbos. So you have these two competing issues. The fact that it's not yet nigmar malachto, as we said, means that you don't have to take off meiser. The fact that it's Shabbos means that it's a chashav and you do. So mi amrinan came in the chesiv a karasel Shabbos oineg kava. Right, the karasel Shabbos oineg is the pasuk that teaches you that every achila on Shabbos, even Shabbos party, is a chashav achila. Because by virtue of Onik Shabbos, it's a Chashav Achila, and therefore it's a Kaviya Suda, and therefore you're Chayven Meisers. Would you say that? Would you say that that would even apply if Lo Nigma Malachta? Or perhaps, Now this whole Onik Shabbos, Shabbos party, Meiser Chiv, is only when it's Nigma Malachta. However, However, if it's Lo Nigma Malachta, that's not what was intended when it says Shabbos Onik. Shabbos Onik only intends those things where well, already Nigma Malachta. Which would you say? So I thought, of course, it only means nigmar malachto, but I'm wrong. Because Narav Nachman, at least, disagrees with me. I'm late. Shabbos, kovas, bein bedavr nigmar malachto, bein bedavr nigmar malachto. That the fact that Shabbos makes that you take off Meister on the Shabbos party, regardless of whether already nigmar malachto. Rava, however, objects. I'm late. Rava says, ve'ema Shabbos dumya dechatzer. Are you sure that Shabbos is more, right, that Shabbos creates a chi of Meiser more than a chatzar does? Again, a chatzar turns it into Riyas Pnei Abayis. However, we already said in the Mishnayis in Paragimel Mishnah Aleph of Meisris that despite the fact that there's Riyas Pnei Abayis, there, as long as lo nigmar malachto, you're still allowed to snack on those figs. So why should Shabbos be more chashiv? Rav says, maybe Shabbos should be like a chatzar. Ma chatzar eno kavas elabadavr shenigmar malachto, af Shabbos lo tikva elabadavr shenigmar malachto. Right? Just like we said, just like a chatzar is only going to create a chiv meiser if it's nigmar malachto, why would Shabbos be more? So, Nachman responds, Amalei, limud arachu biyadeinu, we have a long standing tradition, literally. 
Shab Shabbos Kovas, Bein Bedavash and Nigmar Lachto, Bein Bedavash and Lo Nigmar Lachto. Rarzko quotes the Shita Mikubetsa that says that this means there's a Lachal Moshe Misinai, right? They have a oral tradition that Shabbos is always going to be Kovea the Mukta. Now, Amar Mazutra Bader of Nachman, Afana Nami Tanini. We also learned this in our Mishnah. And he brings it back to our Mishnah. What do we say in our Mishnah? It says, V'od Amar Rabbi Liazer, Oymed Adam Alamukta, Erev Shabbos Bishviyas. Wow. An unbelievable diuk in our Mishnah. We said in our Mishnah that a person can stand next to these, right, next to these figs on Erev Shabbos. And for some reason we said that it was during Shemitah. Wow. Says the Gemara, Taima Deshviyas Lav Bari Suri Hu. The only reason we said that you're allowed to start, that you're allowed to designate these, right, um, these figs and make them not muktzah is because it's Shemitah year, Dafyomi coincidence, and therefore there's no Chiv Trumas and Meisers. However, means other years in the Shemitah cycle, any other year, it is a diuk to say that it would in fact be Aser. Why would it be Aser, right? Again, it would be Aser because of the Chiv Meisers, despite the fact that it's going to be Shabbos. This is what Marzutra is going to flesh out. My timer, lav mishum de Shabbos kava, right? Our mission implies that it already had a pre-existing meiser before the Gemara Malacha, right? That is, in fact, the implication. In other words, you would have thought that if Shabbos is koveya, right, that clearly, right, the process is not yet completed. There's no Gemara Malacha. So therefore, it sounds like the reason why it would be usar in all of the years is because just the very entry of Shabbos itself Right, establishes a chiv of Meiser, irrespective of whether there was already Gemar Malacha. And it's therefore this diuk in our Mishnah that is the source, perhaps, right, or at least corroborates this long-standing tradition that Shabbos makes everything into a achilas keva and thus have a chiv of Meiser, irrespective of whether there was Gemar Malacha, unlike a chatzer. However, the Gemara rejects the proof, said, Lo, shiny hasam, came with the armor, mikanani ochelamachar, in other words, once you say, I'm going to eat from this, so maybe that was what established the Chi of Meiser, right? Um, the last, the first wide line of Rashi, right? There's two ways you can make a Chashev. We're saying that it's the Shabbos that made a Chashev. But, but, right? But over here, Argum are saying perhaps the actual designation of it as the food for tomorrow is what makes it chashiv by definition. And therefore it established a chashivist that requires meiser based off of that designation. And maybe not because it's Shabbos. So the Gemara, Ihachi, my year is Shabbos. Well, if that's the case, why are we using this, the case of Shabbos altogether? Right? This would also be true on a weekday, um, this issue of meiser, right? Because meiser applies on weekdays just the same way as it does on Shabbos. So why are we using a case of Shabbos? Right? So it's interesting, right? The Yukim. Why is Shabbos of Shviyas now? It's all coming together. The Gemara answers, Hakamash Malan, the Tevel Muchanu Etzel Shabbos, Shim Avar Vitikno Metukan. Yes, the reason we use the Shabbos issue is to teach you a, a giant Chiddush. The Tevel is not Muktza. That even though it's Tevel, right, it's not Muktza. Why? Because all, you, it can be fixed on Shabbos, albeit with an Isser Durabanan. A massive chiddush. It's like it's like a malachtosh leiser in a sense because it's something that can't be used unless you do an iser darabanan on it. But by virtue of the fact that you can in fact do the iser, uh, in other words, by virtue of the fact that you can in fact do it and physically turn the tavel into something edible, 
it makes it not Muktza. Rashi is explaining that, right? That the Diyuk in our Mishnah is that the only issue would be Tevel and therefore not Muktza. That's the last line in Rashi. Right? And therefore it isolates, right, the Muktza issue and says that it's not Muktza just because it is still Tevel. And Tevel is not Muktza, which is a big Chiddush indeed. And we find ourselves now on the very last word of Lamadalad, Amad Beis, Bezat Hashem. We'll continue tomorrow with the very first word on Lamad Hey, Amad Aleph.